Less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to the Free Georgia podcast. My name is Jake Green, and today I'm joined by Edgar Mills. Edgar, who are you? Yep. All right. So um, I'm a resident of Rome, Georgia, and almost extreme northwest of Atlanta. Uh, I own Osprey Shooting Solutions, firearms training and education. And we do everything from brand new shooter safety to competition prep, or I still train cops and military guys sometimes too. So the whole spectrum of uh, action and tactical firearms training. Uh, and self-defense, obviously, everyday carry, that kind of thing. Nice. And I uh, got my own range on my property, which is my starter range. And hopefully within the next year and a half, I'll have a 20-acre project in the works anyway. All right. Yep. All right. How long have you been doing that? Well, uh, I've had my LLC since 2017, but I retired from the military in 2022. So it was kind of a you know side hustle. Uh, gotcha. And we started building... <laughs> in Colorado because that's where I retired out of and we thought we were going to retire there mm -hmm. and changed our minds so God bless you all my Colorado <laughs> Springs clients uh, and they were very yeah. su supportive but and then we moved and started from scratch in God 2020. What made you change your mind and come here? Well man so Fort Carson is in Colorado Springs mm -hmm. um, and that's where I retired at and uh I'm from Georgia, and my mom and dad and grandma, mother-in-law, they're all here. But literally within, well, definitely within the year of moving back, my mom, my dad, and grandma all died. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a rough. 2020 into 2021 was horrible. Wow. So now my mother-in-law lives here, and I you know, cousins, and so we were trying to be more family. I spent 25 years in the Army. Mm. My kids, who were all grown, by the way, weren't ever very close with our extended family. Now, I remember growing up with these people, but they, they don't. Right. So we kind of wanted to be more family-oriented with our, our extended family, as well as our uh, close family. But, yeah, me and my wife also are not snow people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we like uh, warm weather and green trees and humidity and... Colorado okay. doesn't have much of that. You're the only one at this table who likes that, so. Oh, well. <laughs> I like the lush green is what I like. Um, I like the lush green. I, I, could, I could do without the humidity. Yeah. I think I mentioned that on at least two episodes of this podcast <laughs> already, so now we're at 75%. And the bugs. I mean, you get the bugs with all that, so oh, that's, that's a big The mosquitoes deal. in our backyard. Yeah. Our From Colorado down. Springs to here. Mm-hmm. A bit of a culture shock for her. so two of my kids came okay and not all at the same time nobody they wanted to all stay in Colorado which, gotcha. was, which was good my daughter was in college um, my older son had a, a, a girlfriend and a new baby on the way and my middle child which is my younger son he's already getting a job and in the Colorado National Guard and all that stuff, so. Gotcha. And he's still there. Nice. Uh, but 
my daughter decided that college was not happening for her, or at least that one. Okay. And the conditions were: you're either going to live in my house, or you're going to live on a on a bear in the bear or the, not the barracks, the campus. Yeah. So yeah. she came on home. All right. I quit college a few times before <laughs> before I finally graduated. <laughs> well, I've never graduated, but I've quit college a lot of times. That's fair. <laughs> I got yeah. a lot of college credits. Yep. No, I I had a lot before I finally uh, took it seriously. My my dad was very thankful when I finally graduated. <laughs> um, how long, uh, or like, what uh, what made you want to start Osprey? Well, oh man, well, I'm marginally educated. Okay. Yep. And uh, my job in the army for the first eight years and change was infantry and then I uh, became a Green Beret and amassed a whole bunch of skills mm -hmm. but it took me a while to figure out that those skills were transferable at any rate I love shooting and with a 25-year retirement and a VA rating uh, my house is paid for so mm. I figured I, if I'm gonna work I'm gonna do what I want to do and what I like doing is shooting guns in my front yard, which is what I do. So, Hell yeah. um, I, I'm very passionate about, well, one, the Second Amendment, right? Like, if this is a political podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes, the Second Amendment I'm very passionate about. I'm very hesitant or even anti-mandatory anything, but responsible humans who own firearms need proper training. Mm -hmm. And when I say proper training, I don't mean the dude that works at AutoZone who got an NRA uh, firearms instructor card. I mean, you know, legitimate training. So, yep, if you're carrying a gun mm -hmm. and, and you haven't had formal training, you're, you're doing it wrong. But that's we're free Americans and we can do whatever the hell we want. That's true. So, yeah. but uh, responsible free Americans. Yeah, I grew up in Texas. Um, I don't remember ever getting like professional training, mm -hmm. but you know, I went hunting and hung yeah. out at the ranch. That's and the, all that's that the line. Yeah. yeah, especially in the southeast down here, bud. Yeah. In Colorado Springs, well, one you had to have a course to to get a concealed permit. Okay. So I I, I did that. Mm -hmm. um, but even other things, rifle stuff and action shooting and competition. I always had full classes, always. Mm. Here in the South, what's the line? No, oh, man, I grew up hunting. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then you go out and you shoot, uh, let's let's just say a 25-yard bullseye. Mm-hmm. The guy misses the entire cardboard. And you got to wonder, like, are you good or not? So you're saying I could benefit from some classes at your Absolutely. Place. If you're a firearms owner, you will benefit. You will learn something All right. at my, my place. My wife's done some major firearms training in uh, Las Vegas. I forget, nice. Uh, I forget what what place she went to, um, but they they go there pretty regularly, and uh, Sweet. she fires all sorts of guns. That's I good. One of her favorites was the Uzi. She <laughs> loved that thing. <laughs> yeah, the novelty guns are fun, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's a, she's a stunt woman, so she applies it to oh, her uh, that's awesome. her craft, learning all that and jumping off big things and run, awesome. running with guns and all that kind of so stuff. So she's currently in the movie business here. She is, yeah. It's booming here. In, in yeah, Georgia. yeah. She she yeah. moved here like 2015, 2014, um, to 
from Los Angeles right. to start her career because it was way better here. Awesome. So, yeah, smaller pool to choose from. No, that's that's funny. A, a buddy of mine, I'm going to drop his name if you don't mind, Jeff Bosley, is a former Green Beret mm-hmm. actor. He lived out in L.A. and, you know, six or eight months ago moved here mm-hmm. because of the work. and, and It's so much better here. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's way cheaper to live. Yeah, he's loving life. Way cheaper to live. Way cheaper. Yeah, Yeah. and you're not just riddled with trash and people shooting up on the side of the road. And we both moved here from LA, so uh, it's much better here. Yeah, Yeah. and the movie. Yeah, it's crazy. So in Rome, believe it or not, there's a a boom. Now there's no studios up there. Okay. But there's so much filming going on up there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess it's just cheap to rent. Yeah. Historic houses and yeah. and space and stuff like that. Yeah, big time. They're always, I think there's a Stranger Things, like the main house from Stranger Things. Is okay. In Rome. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't know that. And there's a few, and they were last week, they were filming, uh, uh, man, uh, I'm losing it now, but it's like a period, <laughs> 1800s, back in time sort of thing. Anyway. Gotcha. Yeah, on uh, Broad Street and right in the middle of town. Nice. That's fun. My, Nikki actually worked on Stranger Things a few yeah. times. That's yeah. a great show. Um, it is gun month here at the Libertarian Party, and rather than uh, getting a actual arm, I decided to stack it on some yeah, shotgun shells. Yeah, that's Just to get it to my level, and I thought it was on theme. So, um, yeah, let's 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 talk some guns and Second let's Amendment and stuff. Them, yeah. What are what are your thoughts on? Uh, the, the federal stuff that's been happening recently with the Supreme Court and all that. Uh, well, there's been no major federal movement on gun stuff. Uh, they've been talking a lot about They've been talking a lot. Stuff. Yeah. And then a few states have done some wazoo, 10-round mm-hmm. capacity restrictions and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the, the funny thing is there's plenty of data to show that when that happened during the Clinton years that it had zero effect. Mm-hmm. And that's not an opinion. I mean, there's numbers, there's data. Yep. The, the, the magazine ban had zero effect on, on violent crime. Mm-hmm. So it's arbitrary. It's just like we were talking a little earlier, teams against the, the, yeah. the other team don't like this. This is what we're doing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> there's no real rhyme or reason behind it. It just feels good. So as long as Georgia, I don't know how long you've been in Georgia, but you know that Five years. Yeah, okay. So you've been tracking the constitu- constitutional carry and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, and that's good. But like we just said, if you're a firearm carrier, mm-hmm. you should get some training. Otherwise, you're just a menace to society. Fair enough. <laughs> Nothing would be worse than shooting yourself or someone that you did not intend to shoot out in public somewhere. I can't think of anything because yeah. regardless of law that you're going to be standing in front of the judge trying to explain and first thing they're probably going to ask is what well what makes you qualified to carry this gun i mean hmm. yep you have a constitutional right to carry it mm-hmm. but what did you do to become proficient mm-hmm. and you're just going to be standing there shoulder shrugging yeah I imagine most people would. So, yeah, I like that Georgia has, you know, Georgia's got pretty or freedom-oriented laws. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. They're not that restrictive. Um, and I was, I was trying to do a little research because my daughter is, is 19, soon to be 20. 
and I was trying to determine if now that it's constitutional carry, you have to be 21 to purchase a firearm, hmm. but you only have to be 18 to possess a firearm. So I worry about her. She mm -hmm. She's a waitress at Mellow Mushroom. Sometimes okay. she gets off at 11.30 or midnight or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I want her to be armed. And she's uh, trying to find an apartment right now as well. So, yeah, she's going to have a gun in her apartment. I mean, that's just... But I'm trying to ascertain the legality of her <laughs> having a firearm on her person. Right. Or at minimum in her car. Right. The law is not very clear on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd say yeah. the law is not very clear on a whole mess of things. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's that's also just very confusing. Uh, I don't know. That can get a little gray and a little confusing that you can buy at 21, but you can carry at 18. Well, that's just it. You can possess. Now, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Now we're talking about semantics. Yeah. I'm possessing this gun right now on my person. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that okay or no? Yeah. Um, so who knows? Some people would read possess as purchase, like own, like it's yours, you know? Right. Well, it would, like, I'm sure as a dad, I can buy my daughter a gun. Okay. And I'm sure that they can, if she lived in an apartment, she could have that gun in her apartment. Mm -hmm. It's it's fairly clear on that, what the law, but it, it says possess when it comes to, it doesn't address, well, can an 18-year-old carry it? Uh, around you know? right so I don't know All right. I don't want her to be a felon or anything but I also don't want her <laughs> she always carries a knife and pepper spray and like pepper everything spray. else uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine she can handle herself pretty well yeah well she's a little thing but she's a vicious uh, yeah she's vicious yeah one. sounds like my wife um, so you you've lived in Georgia you grew up in Georgia yeah right? grew up uh, yeah how uh how has the gun scene evolved since since you? Well, were... I haven't always been in the gun scene. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, my all my uncles and everyone hunted, but nobody ever carried mm. a pistol. Uh, my granddad taught me to shoot a pistol when I was I don't even know how like seven or something. But wow. he never carried it. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know about carrying firearms, and then. I told you I was a bike messenger before I was a soldier, mm -hmm. and on the that was during the weekdays. On the weekends, I was a bouncer, okay. but I, I didn't have an automobile. That's why I was a bike messenger. But right. uh, <laughs> I I carried uh, I carried dirty back then. I was I carried a gun and mm -hmm. I didn't have a holster. It was in my waistband. Wow! But literally, as a civilian. So this was in the, in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Literally, um, I, as a civilian, I've pulled my firearm three times ever. And ne never had to use it, thank God. Mm -hmm. um, two, one of those times was on Edgewood Avenue. Okay. And at probably 3.30 in the morning. So you can... Okay. Makes now, more sense. Now, <laughs> I was coming home from work. Yeah. Um, and... I had the MARTA bus until the until the and buses and trains stopped running, and then mm -hmm. I was walking the rest of the way. So from somewhere around downtown up to the east side over close to Grant Park, which is where I lived, so Edgewood was the way to go. Mm -hmm. um, two dudes were standing on either side of the sidewalk drinking. I mean, I, okay. I could see that they were drinking because... 
some of the bars are still open. Uh, and so as I rounded a corner, you know, I looked up and I see two dudes, and now I'm starting to do a thought process. I'm like, well, uh, if I cross the street, I'm going to look like a a, a victim, right? Like, <laughs> right. like I'm going to that immediately shows fear. Yeah, uh, and that's probably going to exacerbate the situation. That was my, and plus I was young, mm. and some ego involved. I, well, I consider myself a bad dude. Okay. Now, I've taken plenty of ass whoopings, but I've given plenty as well. So, at any rate, I wasn't going to beat these guys up. One, they were obviously bigger than me. Two, uh, they were drinking, which could, could have worked for or against, who knows, in, in a fight, but I didn't want to get that far. But my thought process was this. I crossed the road. I looked I look scared. That, and the predators could you know, smell fear. Mm-hmm. I was like, or I can just continue on doing doing what I'm doing. I looked at him, but I made eye contact. I didn't mean mug him. I made mm-hmm. eye contact and let him know, hey, yeah, I see you standing there <laughs> mean mugging me. I got it. So I walked through, uh, and and as I, I got, you know, several paces beyond them, one of them yells out and says, hey, ain't you the white boy that owes me money? He, he said that, and I I looked over my shoulder and said, no, man, it ain't me. And I kept walking. <laughs> well, I heard it. They, they started following, right? So as I figured they were about close enough, I was going off. I didn't want to turn around and, like, right. I did not want to show fear in any way. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, want to, I didn't want to really turn around and confront. So I was kind of stuck. So I figured they were about close enough, and I stopped, and I just turned around and faced them. And I gave them the, the what the F shoulder shrug. <laughs> and I was like, I told you, it's not me, man. One of them had the bottle upright in his hand oh, yeah, by the neck, right? Yeah. So he was going to whack me over the, over the head with it, for uh-huh. sure. Uh-huh. Um, so I stopped. I turned around. I gave him the what the F shrug. And then when I dropped my shoulders, they started, like, they started charging. They were probably, you know, maybe five, seven meters away. They weren't oh. that close. Yeah. So I pulled my gun out and drew down on them. And thank God they, <laughs> they ran. Wow. So I stood there for a second. Uh-huh. I mean, this was pre-cell phone, by the way. Yeah. Like, not everybody in their brother was... Yeah. So it's like Wall Street cell phone. I'm days. standing there, and, I'm, and, they, and they take off. That, and then, uh, so then I had to do an SDR on the way home just to make sure I wasn't followed. But, so I put my gun away. I looked left and right. I'm like, man, I hope nobody calls the cops. And then I, and then I left. <laughs> and then I, and I took the long way home. Man. Uh, that was, you know, that was one of the times. So... I was completely illegal yeah. in carrying a gun with no permit. And I think I had probably a 15-round magazine, which at that time mm. uh, was was not legal. Really? Interesting. Now, flash forward to today. If that were today and the same exact thing happened, I would immediately call 911. Like, if they ran away, I would still call 911. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I would describe them. Right. Here's what happened. I drew down, and they ran. Um, and then I would have called USCCA, who I'm a member of, which gotcha. by virtue of being a member, you have insurance. Mm-hmm. So then I would have called them and said, hey, <laughs> if, if this pops off, I called the cops. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's it. And, that's interesting. And I would have been good to go. Yeah. And these days, you have to assume you're going to be on video. You just have to. You have to, yeah. So you can't be rolling dirty. These days, mm-hmm. but now constitutional carry, yeah, whatever. 
That's interesting. The, the fact that uh, that gun definitely saved you from some it absolutely physical did. harm. Oh, I would have. I would have at least caught a bottle over the head. Yeah. If not, got boot stomped and I robbed. I mean, I gotta assume. Yeah, they wouldn't have got anything. <laughs> but the fact that it, it was illegal for you to have it made it impossible for you to call the cops. To, That's right. I literally stood it. there and I was like, man, I hope nobody calls the cops. <laughs> and then I went home. <laughs> man, what a weird like little backfire for a law. Yeah. You know, like the gun may have saved your life, but uh, if you'd have been caught with it, you'd have gone to jail. Yeah. That's so stupid. Yeah. That's so stupid. I'm much happier how it is now. And I'm trying to think, man, maybe at that time, I might have been 20. I might have been 20. Okay. So even with a constitutional carry, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure I would have been allowed mm. to be carrying it. But Gotcha. I also had a pending felony at that time. Jeez. So I was definitely illegal. <laughs> now that's long since been resolved, however. Uh, yeah, there All yeah. right. All right, so you have a pass. Let me well. Let me just say this: as a bouncer, I, there was a lot of violence, right? But yes. I had more violence in my bike messenger <clears throat> daily routine than I did as a as a bouncer. That's so crazy. People hate guys on bikes on the road. It turns out, I've had mailmen try to run me off the road. I've had dudes pull guns on me while while riding on the road. Jeez. And the felony stemmed from a, a young seventeen uh, year old dude and a, a passenger. Okay. Who threw an unopened Coke can and hit me in the head. What the heck? Knocked me off my bike. I stood up, turned into the Incredible Hulk, chased him down to the next red light. Yeah. And got in a physical altercation. Turns out there was a cop right there <laughs> witnessing the entire... They didn't witness the can. Yep, yeah. They witnessed me yanking this kid out of the car and whatnot. So. It's like ref throwing a flag during a fight in a football game. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, I you know... I second hit. <laughs> uh, so that was a pending felony which lasted well into my military career. It cost me about four grand to get fixed. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> Man. But yeah, nowadays really, it would have been all caught on camera. It would have been all on camera. Yeah. Yeah. So you could just throw, look. You can see him throwing the can right there. Yep. Every business on that road. It was yep. Peachtree Street. It was like oh, wow. Okay. No, it was like Peachtree and yeah. probably close to maybe tenth somewhere in that area. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, had you had any official firearms training? Zero, zero official firearms training. Gotcha. I did like everybody else. I had a gun yeah. going out in the backyard. Yeah. Shot stuff. You were taught to shoot when you were seven. Um, yeah. <laughs> legit. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't legit training. It was my granddad. Right. <laughs> who, his claim to fame, you know, he's long since dead, but was a, a, a bootlegger, you know, in the back. Okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, who knows Hero. how he learned. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's awesome. Um, so give me a little like breakdown on what y'all do at Osprey and, uh, okay. Yeah. Like day to day. Well, the bread and butter are, uh, courses and mm -hmm. I have, you know, I don't know, eight or 10 different courses, but ranging from everyday carry, mm -hmm. um, which is all obviously focused on concealed close range interactions, uh, um, Reacting to, to stress, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I have another course that's, that's, that, that's bounced off of the Everyday Carry course, and it's called Armed Self-Defense. It's basically the Everyday Carry course, so we do force-on-force -force scenarios also. Mm. Now, that's an eye-opener for a lot of people. 
force them. Because I, I don't just have a bad guy. I have three bad guys. You know okay. what I mean? So, I, yeah, problem solving. Yeah. That's that's what it, it is. Hmm. It's a bunch of problem solving under under stress. Um, then I have stuff like I have a dynamic pistol, dynamic rifle, and dynamic two-gun, mm-hmm. which are all tactically and or competition-oriented, depending on my class. Okay. If I have half and half, some guys that want to be tactical guys, there's not a big need for a lot of civilians to be tact- tactically sound guys okay. when it comes to maneuvering on an enemy, right? But mm-hmm. so, uh, I, but anyway, I juxtapose competition and, and tactical. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by dynamic? Um, moving, moving, just moving, gotcha. moving and shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that's that's it. Um, I was going to call it combat pistol and combat rifle, mm-hmm. but that's. Uh, Dynamic so sounds, sounds it's, a little it's better. Dyna- yeah. It's moving. Yeah. If you're a competition shooter, mm-hmm. it's not combat. Do you ever... Uh, and that denotes a different... Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. No, it's a different connotation for yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 It, w- it would definitely turn some people off. and like. Well, that for pe- sure. People, yeah. people wouldn't want to sign up for... It's like yeah. Some people wouldn't want to sign up for class. That's right. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, do you ever train uh, like stunt people, people in the movies? Well, like no. That? I had a... <laughs> No, not yet. Okay. Well, maybe now you will. <laughs> now, uh, there's a, a lady. I'm going to drop her name. Emily Ram Ramseer. She's a photographer, but she, well, maybe a videographer and a photographer. And she okay. works in the movie business around here mm-hmm. somewhere. She lives on the north side of here somewhere. Um, but my buddy Jeff, he's an actor. Now, we, we've only ever trained together at, at when we were in the, in the service. but. Mm-hmm. I had an actor call me up once. It wasn't an email, it was a call. Hmm. And he was very... Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't know. Pretentious a little bit. Okay. And he was amped up. Yeah. And he's like, oh man, he dropped John Wick like four or five times throughout a very short one-sided conversation. Okay. So... I was like, eh, I'm not sure if I'm the one you're looking for. Yeah, it didn't seem like he was going to take it too seriously. <laughs> no, because... Seems like he already knew all the answers. Look here, man. I don't care what movie you're doing, right? Even John Wick. It doesn't matter. If you come out to my place, you're going to learn how to handle a gun like a professional. Mm. And if that means you're running and shooting or mm-hmm. close quarter shooting, you're going to learn the right way to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to add any sex appeal. <laughs> and that guy wanted a lot of sex appeal. Right. Yeah, he wanted it, man. Gotcha. And he was, yeah, it was it was a weird conversation. Yeah. He he wanted uh, that Keanu stuff. He wanted it. Yeah. And that, look, man, the guy who trained him is a competition shooter. Yeah. Taron, Taron Butler. Yeah. From Taron Tactical. Uh-huh. And he's an excellent shooter, man. But it's all about sex appeal. Yeah. You know? I mean, and it works for the movies. And it works for the movies. <laughs> and when you see, uh, and I'm not ripping, you know, Taron Tactical. They're, they're big money. They got it all. But when you see these actors on their, their YouTube videos shooting, mm-hmm. all you see is a field of steel. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost, you almost can't miss. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they, he, he trains them to look credible while shooting incredibly fast. Whether they're really credible or not. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he, he found a market. Yeah, and I mean, that's definitely a, a huge market. Now, that being yeah. said, he excellent competition shooter, man. That guy, he, he burns nice. it down. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually seen him shoot. No, so. he, he's, he's good. Yep. Nice. 
nice. He's good, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, dynamic. And then I got, let's see. I've got one course that's just a non-shooting course. It's co it's called situational mindset and situational awareness. Okay. And what we do is a uh, probably a three or four hour class, and, and it's all about well, it's not all about, but psychology, mm -hmm. psychology of violence, mm -hmm. characteristics, what to look for, red flags, predators, people who are ex displaying predatory behaviors out in the public, mm. so you can know what to look for. And then we do some brain games in the class. I don't know if you've ever heard of Kim's Games or not, but mm. Rudyard Kipling wrote, wrote a book, uh, Kim's Games. And, and what, it, what it was is a British officer, during, you know, during the, uh, the um, colonization of, of India and all that stuff. Yeah. A British soldier training young, young Kim to be an intelligence runner. But he didn't want to write anything down, so he made him memorize things. So he did these mm. games with him to help his memory out. Yeah. So that's something I learned about that when I when I went to sniper school, you know, way back. And but it's a good brain game, you know, these little memory games that you play as a kid. They're really functional when it comes to remembering what color shirt that dude had on. Interesting. Because anytime there's an incident or there's violence or a police are called and this and that, other than surviving, right? The next thing you want to do is be a good witness too, mm -hmm. so you can get the guy off the street if you didn't take care of business already uh but so we do brain games in the classroom and then we go out to a town and i have pre uh, I, obviously i go walk it first but i have a pre-designated route and i send the students two by two mm -hmm. to go around and i have people out and about doing things that should be noticed now they're not doing anything illegal mm -hmm. And they're definitely not assaulting anyone because, you know, I have very loose, like, like if I see a cop in town, be like, hey, I got some guys doing this, you know, whatever. But I don't do any major coordinations gotcha. because I don't have my role players doing anything illegal. Right. But they're doing shit that should be noticed uh -huh. by somebody who's aware. You don't have to be hmm. paranoid, but you should notice if somebody's followed you for three blocks. And you've taken a couple of turns and they're still there. Mm -hmm. Or you should notice little, little like uh, inset store window things where there's recess in there. Mm -hmm. And some, if you walk by it and you don't give that a glance, you're, you're messing up. You know, you know things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, and then this one you hear in the movies all the time. But when you go to a restaurant or something, mm -hmm. you know, take a look around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Especially if it's a bar, not like a nice restaurant or something. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's a bar. But at least know where the exits are. Mm -hmm. Not just the door you came in, because if somebody comes in that door blazing, you're not going to go out that way, <laughs> and you don't want to be searching for the next spot. You know. Yeah. So just go in, make a note of what's going on around you, and sit where you have. You don't have to sit with your back to the wall or whatever. Right. But sit where you have some situational awareness. What would you say to people who would would call this like paranoid? No, it's not paranoid, man. Uh, people like me. And there's thousands of them out there. I can, who knows how many former Green Beret, Ranger, Delta, Navy SEAL dudes mm -hmm. are out there, retired, whatever. It's just a, it's just a, it's just the way it is. Yeah. You just pay attention to things. You look for potential threats. Mm. It's not paranoia. Now there's a level, I'm sure, and I've heard, uh, I've heard a, a psychologist speak on this. 
like if you were paranoid and you were living that way, like at some point it gets exhausting, right? Yeah. And that's paranoia. Like if you're taking physical efforts to for sort of uh, irrational fears. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just looking in dark space. I mean, it's not irrational to do that. I mean, it makes sense to do that. Yeah. Especially in this day and age, because I can tell you this, and I don't know if this is already a quote that exists or not, but to the victim, violence is always random. Mm. Right? You don't know when or where somebody's going to lose it or somebody's, or you walk into the middle of some who knows gang violence that got nothing to do with you you just happen to be there mm -hmm. uh, and down in Atlanta there how many people are in Atlanta these days seven million or so something like that yeah metro Atlanta anyway mm -hmm. seven or seven or eight million in metro Atlanta it's a lot of people man um and kind of getting off a little bit on, on politics right like you said something about Bernie earlier they mm -hmm. always make comparisons to all these Scandinavian countries yeah Look, man, those places are homogenous. Everybody looks the same. Everybody mm -hmm. has the same values. Yep. Uh, everybody, it, it, it just, there's just not that many people. Correct. Just, just numbers-wise. Yep. In America, especially a major city in America, who knows who's there? I mean, there's people from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. And value systems are not the same. Mm -hmm. uh, and and everybody calling it their home. Yeah, and everybody calling is, it their home. That's right. very different than like... Going so to those Scandinavian countries. I or, cannot or, predict what you're going to do. Uh -huh. Even though me and you look the same, basically. I mean, I got hair. <laughs> uh, I don't know where you, I don't. I can't, I can't say what. You could be a Russian dude who came up just murdering people as a, as a way of life. You could, have, you could have been a little Russian assassin from birth. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And it's, I mean, yeah, that's extreme, right? But it's uh -huh. not unreasonable to... Yeah, I want to believe everybody's good, mm -hmm. <laughs> but everybody's not. You yep. can tell, you can see simply by the crime statistics. So, yep. there's nothing wrong with being prepared for that. Mm -hmm. And that's not prepper stuff. That's not paranoia. It's not vigilante by any stretch. No. Yeah, it's just being prepared for uh, bad things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? and if you're married, you got kids. It's your job. Make sure they're okay. Yeah, even more reason to. That's it. To do it. Yeah. If you don't care about yourself, fine. If, but if you got somebody else that now you're responsible for, uh, you're just negligent. If you don't, yeah, look in the dark corner. I agree, man. Yeah. So, as soon as I got married, it, thing, things changed in my head a little bit. It does. Yeah. And it's something simple, like which side of the sidewalk your wife is on. Uh huh. Like if you see something that looks suspect, you'll probably naturally. Slide over there. Yep. Or if you're on a busy road, you'll probably naturally put yourself between the cars and, and her. Yeah. That's what, you know, guys do. Um, or not even guys. I don't even want to get into all this gender stuff. But not even guys. Just people, people who, who are protectors. Protective. Yeah. Right? Protect your other, whoever yeah. that is. Um, yeah. Carrying a firearm is a way to do that. Yeah. I never carried before I got married. Like, that changed yeah. a lot for me. Well, Bro, uh, I carry everywhere, uh, literally. Mm -hmm. um, I, I carry at church. Yeah. Uh, I carry when I go to the gym. Mm -hmm. you know, I carry everywhere. Um, yeah, that, that, that takes some uh, dedication. I've it's been, a lifestyle. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been trying. I've been trying. I've been working my way to no, that. No, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's uncomfortable carrying a yes. you know, pound and a half hunk mm-hmm. of metal on your person. Yes. So eventually you'll get used to it. I've, I've gotten used to it, but. Do you recommend any specific concealed carry holsters or systems or anything like that? No. Uh, no. I'm an appendix carrier. That's Okay. Um, just from a, a functional perspective, it's faster to draw your gun from appendix than it is, hmm. you know, anywhere else. You can train any anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of the small of the back. Yeah, like you see no. in some of these movies, uh, that's kind of garbage. <laughs> um, you know, these shoulder holsters and stuff you see in some rap videos or like Barney Miller or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think shoulder holsters are that. You know, Stephen Crowder. Is? Yeah, yeah. I think he's got those. Those holsters. It's got to be a novelty. There's no way you can carry it. But if he does, whatever. But <laughs> I got a small story about that. I'm standing in a chow hall in uh, Kabul. And the, the officers like to wear those shoulder holsters okay. around the fob because you have, to, you're spo- you have to have a gun on you at all times. Mm-hmm. Which, why wouldn't you? Because you're in Afghanistan. But I'm standing in, in, a, in, a, in a chow line. And an Air Force officer is standing in front of me. He's got a shoulder holster on. And his Beretta is in his holster so that I'm looking directly down the muzzle of that barrel. And I'm like, man. And then I'm like, you know what? Let's just play this out. Let's say the Taliban come over the wall right this second. And this dude decides he wants to draw that that, that Beretta <laughs> and yank it out of his holster. Uh-huh. And he's got his finger on the trigger. I'm not busting on the Air Force, but they're not highly trained marksmen, generally speaking. All right. Suppose he decided to pull out, you know, and yeah. he just and he, and he pulled the trigger as he was pulling his gun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would have sidestepped and punched him in his head. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, it, it, I guarantee you he doesn't train on the range with that holster. Right. And they wear it. You know, these, these shoulder holsters have a strap on them, mm-hmm. and, and they're supposed to also clip to, like, your belt or something yeah. so that they're, yeah, so they can't they're move secure. Around, yeah. But they wear them like a little vest, like a little <laughs> fashion accessory. Yeah. So, like, even if he did pull, like, the whole holster would probably twist around on his body. Yeah. It's like the movies. It, yeah. You're trying to imitate Ridiculous. That. <laughs> but because they're following an arbitrary rule and they don't understand why they're following that rule, which is we're in the middle of Afghanistan and, and people want to kill us. Mm. They, they're doing it because, well, that's the rule. I have to carry a gun, so I'm just going to put my dainty shoulder holster on. <laughs> no, man, Kydex, you know, there, there's the, the the hybrid, you know, like a neoprene back mm-hmm. or leather with a Kydex, you know, thing. Those are all right. They take up a lot of real estate, but mm-hmm. I just got a Blade Tech Kydex inside the waistband holster. Gotcha. Yep. I was looking at the Enigma. Have you messed around with that one yet? Enigma. Yeah. It's this strange, like, uh, it's more, you attach a holster to it. It's more like a uh, carry system, I guess. And it's got a little strap that goes around your leg um, Mm -hmm. to secure it. But it basically, it makes it to where it's slightly more concealed um, than a typical holster. With a strap on your leg? What's that? With a strap on your leg? It's It's got a strap on the leg and waist. But it's all underneath your clothes? Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. And, I don't know, I gotta look that up. Man. Yeah, I've been watching some reviews on it. It seems a little so, excessive. It's it's definitely interesting. Let me just say this. Yeah. 
if you want to carry guns or if you want to shoot guns, watch videos of professionals. Okay. Now, there's a million people on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Multiple millions. <laughs> uh, it, you can't go wrong with anyone from a special operations background. Okay. Anybody in particular? Well, two of my favorite guys that I follow and watch, and one of them I've trained under, uh, is Mike Pannone, and, and the other is uh, Matt uh, Pranka, I think his name is. X-Ray Alpha is his thing. And, and Mike Pannone is CTT Solutions. They're both former Tier 1 dudes. Uh, they're both competitive shooters. They're, they both have done any tactical thing you can think. They've, they've done that. Mm-hmm. And they, they are like high-performance level guys. Okay. But they're both no-nonsense guys. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to see any weird, sexy, nonsensical <laughs> stuff. It's going to be, it's real stuff. Like There's no style points. Yeah, no. <laughs> the style points is being faster than everyone else and, and better. I mean, that's, that's it. Uh, so I, I try to follow, you know, along with those guys on, on, on that kind of stuff. And, you know, I don't recommend a lot of gear a lot, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not one of these guys that says whatever feels good for you is okay. Mm-hmm. There's right. There's good stuff. And, and the gun business, like any other businesses, you get what you pay for. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you should definitely do research on stuff. But before you commit to buying one of those things, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to try it out for a while. And the only way you know mm-hmm. that it sucks is by wearing it around for right. like a week. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. Uh, so I have too many holsters that I tested out for like a month and yeah. hate it and then move on. Simple to the next Kydex, <laughs> man, just a simple inside the waistband holster. Yeah, Kydex. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then the other thing about that is what am I looking for in Kydex? Well, there's a million holster brands out there too. Mm-hmm. Um, does it have a good clip on the back that holds yeah. on to your belt? That's that's what it's about. Like. Uh-huh. When you grab the gun, the holster don't come out with it. Yes. <laughs> uh, now, part of that is the type, if you wear a good concealed carry belt, or not even concealed carry belt, but a thick mm-hmm. belt. Um, but yeah, the clip. And, and does the holster hold your gun? Like, most of them have screw retention, like, just tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always say this in the class, like, if you're hanging upside down from a helicopter, is your gun going to fall out? <laughs> Uh, if it is, then you either need to tighten your tension a little bit or yeah. you need a holster that's going to make sure your gun doesn't fall out. Because gotcha. you might not always be on your feet. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be hanging from a helicopter, but you might fall over a parking uh, you know, pylon in Walmart uh-huh. parking lot yep. backwards. Uh, I've seen those like videos that. on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, good equipment, but it doesn't... The more... The more Elaborate it is, probably the less likely it is to be yeah. good. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, they call it a chassis system. That's what Chassis, it man. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Enigma. System. Yeah. Yeah. They've created something new and improved. So in the gun business, that there ain't a whole lot of new and improved out there anymore. Like mm. I ain't saying it's maxed out, but the there's a gun that, that come along recently that I think is one of the genuinely most innovative things I've seen in the gun business in ever. Uh, the Alien, you've seen the Alien pistol? The no. Lugo, Laugo Alien? I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, it's got a very, the barrel is, so if you're looking at the slide, 
-hmm. as a top and bottom barrel is on the bottom of the slide, sort of. Okay. And then the entire upper slide does not uh, does not move; only a piece of it does. So anyway, the whole point is to mitigate uh, recoil mm -hmm. to to minimize as much as possible recoil. Mm -hmm. Now it's a five thousand dollar gun, so I haven't shot one. <laughs> Goodness gracious! And uh, I don't have sponsors falling all over the place. <laughs> But and to me, it seems innovative. Uh, one another guy I follow, Larry Vickers, who's also uh, you know a, a sort of legendary uh, guy in the gun business. Mm -hmm. um, he he did pretty exhaustive uh, uh, testing and research with for gotcha. that, on that guy. Larry Vickers. But like holsters and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to get past just simple, you know, a simple. Gotcha. What. Uh... You, uh, you said you don't really recommend specific equipment, but do you have uh, pistols that you recommend for concealed carry? Uh, compact size, you know, like uh, I carry a Glock 19 normally. Mm -hmm. uh, for some people, they think that's a little too big. Uh, subcompact, uh, yeah, there's some subcompact guns that you know you can that fit your hand okay if you're a, a big-handed dude. Mm -hmm. But these micro guns and these little bitty pocket guns, I don't really recommend too much. Gotcha. Um, one, uh, the little guns recoil as much as big guns. Hmm. Like, because it's small, you still got the same amount of energy coming out, right. out the barrel. <laughs> um, and, and guys with big hands, those little guns kind of get lost in there and they kind of yeah. they fish around in your hand a little bit because uh -huh. it's. Um, with some ladies with really small hands, you know, I might recommend something. But even a subcompact, like one of the big popular guns out there these days is the Sig uh, 365, okay. P365. It's got very Sig has very ergonomic grips. Mm. Um, I'm a Glock guy just because that's what I train with at work mm. for for years. So um, I also like CZ. Okay. Uh, I got I got a CZ P10 compact that I like mm. to shoot a lot. Um, so now I don't, any name brand gun is gotcha. gonna probably be all right and probably last and, and you can trust your, your life to it. Gotcha. There are a lot of people who, um, including some folks I know will flat out refuse to carry any type of uh, yeah, thing that'll kill somebody. Yeah. Um, what do you recommend for non-lethal everyday carry? Um, go take some, uh. MMA classes. Mm. Um, I carry a knife also all, mm -hmm. at all times. Mm -hmm. um, I took a knife course once, and one thing that I learned in that mm -hmm. is that nobody wins a knife fight. <laughs> but if the other guy don't have one, then then that's a plus. Gotcha. Um, it, it's hard to say, man, because yeah. here's the thing. You can't ever underestimate bad guys. Mm. If they're being aggressive and they threaten you, you have to take them at, at their word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you never know if that guy grew up being a Muay Thai kickboxer from the age of nine mm -hmm. or not. You don't ever know. Yeah. So to underestimate a bad guy's skill is kind of setting yourself up for failure. Um, not to... So if you don't want to carry a gun, how are you going to overwhelm this guy? Mm. Yeah, if you pull a knife, but now you got to get close. Mm -hmm. uh, and the name of the game and... and defensive civilian defensive market here is like break contact right like don't mm -hmm. get 
don't let a guy that close to you. Right. Because he might have a screwdriver. Right. And stick it right in your jug. Yep. You know, so uh, my daughter carries a knife and, and pepper spray. Okay. Um, you know, pepper spray has varying degrees of, of, of uh, effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen dudes take it to the face and just yeah, just fight through and keep keep going. Gotcha. And I've seen people go down like little babies. and uh, You know, so, yeah, I mean, pepper spray is probably a, a buy you enough time to, to break contact. Yeah. Yep. I did see one uh, interesting pistol. It's basically a paintball gun high velocity paintball gun that shoots pepper spray bullets if, or well, like little yeah man if yeah. you're gonna carry that carry a gun dang <laughs> real <laughs> yeah. gun I right i mean i agree i just thought it was interesting yeah yeah now nah, like civilian for civilian defensive use man like non-lethals are just i don't uh, i don't even know man like mm-hmm. what a stun gun yeah also like there's yeah. little but in colorado for instance from god dang, you know, mid September through uh, April something, it's cold. Mm-hmm. People wear layers. They got yeah. big fat jackets on. Yeah, true. So unless you tag that dude right in his face, yeah, you know, uh, those, those little barbs ain't gonna make it through some of these puffy jackets. Literally never and, thought and of that. Things like that. Not probably, only probably live down here. Like if you got a t-shirt on, yeah, you'll you'll probably get it, right? Yeah. But if you got like a t-shirt and a flannel on. Yeah, you kind of you kind of rolling dice. If you got a t-shirt, flannel, and a jacket on, you know you got a low ch- low chance of, uh, mm-hmm. of of making contact with that dude. And add uh, snorting bath salts to that. Mix. And add that to yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Never never mind all that stuff. <laughs> um, so uh, though I'm not really a fan of, of the the tasers because of that. Mm. Like it's kind of selectively useful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've if you're in Miami and everybody's wearing a bikini, then you're good. <laughs> you're gonna get them. <laughs> but even then how accurate are they I've never shot one I've never even well it depends on what you got but most yeah. people are going to have these little they look you know kind of like little garage door opener sort of things so yeah they, you know mm-hmm. they're okay for you know eight or ten feet mm-hmm. maybe but after that gotcha um, and you're already too close like you're already yeah. too close you know so yeah. and, the, and the downside of pepper spray and, and I think Pepper spray is what is what I got for my daughter and a knife, but uh, you got a chance of getting it too, yep. right? <laughs> so you got to be careful of that. Uh-huh. So the <laughs> common theme word. here, the common theme here is distance. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. awareness mm-hmm. comes first. So if you keep your distance and you're able to not anticipate, but like to avoid altogether, mm-hmm. uh, then then you're 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 more apt to 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 win. Gotcha. By, by breaking contact, right? Big time. Winning is not getting dead. So I'll do a lot of, obviously, firearms training at Osprey, um, situational awareness, what yeah. you were talking about before. Um, would y'all, do y'all incorporate any type of, like, um, fighting, self-defense, anything uh, like sort that? Sort of. So I, I've done a fair amount of training in, in my work, but to be trained, right? I, um I got a buddy, Dennis uh, Rousseau. He, he's got his own company called Force Solutions. He and I did a joint course last year mm-hmm. or last winter. A uh, couple hours classroom. Then we did a couple hours of sort of fighting, stand-up fighting, you mm-hmm. know, academics. Uh, 
some practical exercise, hands-on stuff. Then we went out and did some live fire stuff on the range. And then we came back, put away all the live fire stuff, and then used blue guns right. and did some scenario-based stuff, mm-hmm. integrated fighting and, and, and firearms. Yeah. So, yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. That's a good day. I got uh, the product uh, I use is UTM, um, Ultimate Training Munitions is what it's called. And there's dedicated guns, but what I got is eight Glock 19s, and then I just take the slide off and put the UTM slide on. Gotcha. And it takes, uh, they're not millimeter rounds, but the projectile is like six millimeter round. Okay. It hurts like a bitch. I mean, it, <laughs> okay. like, like it's a good training tool. Yeah. And in my estimation, for any tactical or self-defense stuff, like force on force, to me, is the, is the the highest level of training you can get to before without actually being in, in, in the business. Because mm-hmm. you're reacting to other humans. Mm-hmm. Um, now, during the classes, I give guys sort of, uh, uh, sort of triggers and, you know, guide them. Like sometimes it'll, it'll be sort of a passive interaction mm-hmm. and they won't do anything unless you freak out and, mm-hmm. and do something. Right. And then sometimes they're very aggressive. It depends on, you know, I'll run the students through a couple different types of scenarios. Mm-hmm. So if your only tool is a hammer, everything's a nail. So I don't want to get that involved. Like you got a gun, so you got to shoot this guy. Right. I want them to solve the problem, break contact. Mm-hmm. If they can go hands-on without killing the guy, great. I've been in uh, fist fights before, mm-hmm. a couple, where I was armed, but the other guy was not. He was just an asshole, so... We, we did the business and that was it. I never, <laughs> never drew my gun. Interesting. Um, so every, every answer is not blasting the guy. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I try to reiterate that. And especially during a practical pistol course, which is what you might call a beginner's course. I, I don't like to use advanced or, or beginners or anything mm-hmm. because fundamentals apply across the whole spectrum. Right. 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 But in the practical pistol course, which is, you know, we, we do nomenclature and we do like the four universal rules of farm state. We do, this is how your gun cycles. I got a nice video animation mm-hmm. that I got off YouTube of how the Glock works and nice. what the actual safeties are inside. Because yeah. the Glock doesn't have a manual safety, right? right? People always get nervous about, new shooters, they get nervous about that. Yeah. Um, law. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but people underestimate the legal ramifications of, of what's going to happen after. Mm. You're going to probably get your gun taken away, at least that. Now, maybe not in Texas. Now, it depends on where you're at. <laughs> but cops don't know what's going on. Right. Even if you called, unless you described yourself to a T, and even if you did, by the time the information goes from you to the to the uh, call center, from the call center to the dispatcher, from the dispatcher to the mm-hmm. patrol, the patrol's going to show up with a third of the information that you gave out. Right. So you may or may not get arrested on the spot. Uh, you'll probably get your firearm taken as evidence. Mm. The cops on the scene may look and, and, you know, they may determine that, like, yep, it looks like self-defense. But ultimately, like, the district attorney has a say in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
if the guy's alive, then what? He's going to have the opposite, whatever your story is, right? Whatever happened, he's going to say the opposite. <laughs> right. I was just standing there minding my own business. This maniac came up out of nowhere and mm-hmm. pulled a gun and, and whatever. So uh, that's why it's important to have insurance. Yeah. Now, I got USCCA. There's the US Law Shield. There's, there's a, a few companies out there. One's called like Second Call or, or something. Um, we have a lot of advertisements for USCCA. I see them all the time. That's my favorite. They have, they have good. Uh, their doctrine is updated. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of poo poo on NRA a lot because all their controversy with with Lapierre and all the mm. the way they run the organization and the amounts of, of dollars that flow and mm-hmm. don't seem to reflect in any of their training doctrine whatsoever. No. Um, that said, I am an NRA instructor. But <laughs> that said, I've never done a an NRA class. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got. I, I'm an NRA instructor because civilians know know the acronym NRA. Yeah. I'm a USCCA instructor because they update their doctrine. Mm. And now I don't do any USCCA classes either, but I take bits and pieces from theirs. Mm-hmm. And their legal stuff is is pretty robust. So I use their their slides and their uh, research and their 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 curriculum gotcha. to for that block. Mm-hmm. Um, and I you know some places go over to legal, if you especially if you're doing concealed carry courses in states that require it, mm-hmm. they'll do the legal stuff. Gotcha. But if you're doing a concealed carry course in a state that's con- uh, uh, constitutional carry. Mm-hmm. They they probably just blow right over. Who knows? I don't know. I don't. I I spend a little time on it. Um, Interesting. Because there's going to be a process. Whether you you win or lose, there's still going to be a process, mm-hmm. and you may lose that gun for a period of time. Yeah, that's something that definitely people don't talk about very yeah, often. Is no. like what happens after you yeah. discharge it in a kind of situation. Even even in the classes I do. Yeah. I get I get some folks and and I throw the before I even bring up the legal stuff. I'm mm-hmm. just like, all right. So here's the scenario. What happened? Oh man, I blast that dude and this and that and the other. I'm like, all right, all right. So check. All right, now the cops show up. <laughs> oh, I just tell them what happened. I was like, oh, okay, but now they think you're the aggressor. <laughs> oh, well, what? Well, yeah. Well. Yeah. You got to be able to. If if nobody listening to the, hears this, take away this. You have to be able to articulate the threat mm. to your life. Mm. Or someone else's. You have to be able to articulate the threat. Uh, if you don't articulate that threat and it just, the guy was an asshole, mm. you're, you're not winning. You're going to jail. Yeah. If you shot the guy and he's dead and cops agree that you're all good, but you were blazing like, uh, like it was going out of style and you emptied your entire mag and you hit some little old lady <laughs> grocery shopping, I don't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All that is whatever. Now you got to answer for that. Gotcha. You're held to a higher standard when you carry a killing machine on your belt. Mm-hmm. And you should be. I mean, I believe it. I agree. Um, now, I, I'm a, a proponent of armed society's polite society. Yeah. If if I had to look at you, and if I was, if I was shady, right, and I was like, all right, I'm going to take this dude. I'm like, yeah, but if I assumed you were carrying a gun, that changed my whole dynamic. Yeah. Now I gotta, I gotta approach it all different. It's not just easy breezy, easy prey. 
So I think I think if everybody was armed, everybody would be a little more. So you think we should adopt uh, Switzerland's policy? Is that their policy? Everybody's armed. Everyone's armed. Everybody takes classes when they're younger. But are they armed in their their rifles in their closet? Or are they physically armed? I don't yeah. know the answer. To their that their one. rifles in their closet, most likely. Yeah, that's yeah. what's up. Yeah. They're on call. They're all militia men. They're all minute men. But at least they've all had formal training. No, that's right. <laughs> but that being said, I wouldn't want to make America a conscript army uh, on call at all times either. Can you imagine? No. Like even with just a volunteer <laughs> army, you get some colorful characters uh-huh. in there. Yeah. And not all of them need to be armed. <laughs> just at the Libertarian National Convention, there's yeah. some colorful characters. So never mind, <laughs> never mind the mental aspect of all this. Stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and that... Speaking of that, I mean, that's where the problem is, I think. Mm. It's got nothing to do with how many rounds fit in your magazine at all. Mm. Um, this latest guy, uh, yeah, what was that? Chicago? Or no, Chicago, yeah. Outside well, Chicago. outside Chicago. There, there's obvious mental issues there. Oh, obvious. Well, if he couldn't get his gun, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Illinois is one of the most strict. Yep. I uh, talked about this last week. Yeah, yeah. They have red so, flag laws. They have like, so, banned assault weapons. The point is, stuff. Uh, the mental stuff... It's not being addressed in a, in, a, in a more pragmatic way. It's it's easy just to blame the guns and that's it. Yep. Um, it's hard to, to pin down men, mental issues. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, I'm no psychologist. I, I consider myself a junior psychologist. <laughs> uh, but how do you solve it? I mean, it's so... Here, and here's the thing. It's such an individual little problem. Mm-hmm. Every Every person is different. Yep. So there's not a blanket statement. There's not a blanket law. There's not a blanket policy, Mm-mm. especially for 360 million. Never, even in a state, though. Georgia, I think, is somewhere close to 10, 11 million now, mm-hmm. the whole state. One, one policy don't fit, man. Even no. from Atlanta out to, to Rome, the rural sections of the state, which are vast, mm-hmm. are completely different than... Centennial Park, a uh, little bit downtown. It's just <laughs> you can't have blanket, and that and that that's what the federal government does, and that's what the state is. It's just a big, yeah, one size doesn't fit all. Yeah, uh, I mean it, the thing is, it's not a policy problem. It, it's hmm. I talked about this last week. It's a cultural problem, and it's it's how children have been raised over the past twenty something. That years. is true. That that is true. Policy is not going to fix any of that. No. Um, and you can't dictate where people derive their values. Um, I'm kind of a tough on crime type dude, okay. but I'm also like, what's a crime? Like, does that need to be a crime? Does this need to be a crime? Yeah. I, I was uh, tough on I was about legalizing weed <laughs> way back before it was cool. You there know what I'm go. saying? <laughs> Love it. And I never smoked weed. Yeah. And I still don't. Yeah. Um, why is it illegal? You know, things like that. So yes. the one guy that got choked out in New Jersey by the cops, I forget his name, um, for selling Lucy's. Michael something? Nah. No. Nah. Uh, that was St. Louis. Was for St. Louis. selling loose, Lucy, loose cigarettes. Yeah. I, I remember him. So. Yeah. Crazy. Was he fucked up, or, or was is the law just excessive? I would I would like, argue the law is a little. And if you look at the the number of cops that were in on that, and you're yeah. like, hey man, what the heck? Yep. 
Like, did that even need... I, who knows? I wasn't there. But I don't think it should have escalated in a, in a way that it did. Now, I'm not a cop hater. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. They're going to enforce... It's the, it's the cop's job to enforce the law. Mm-hmm. The people that hate on the cops need to take two steps back and hate on the politician that proposed the law to begin with. Uh, There's some truth to that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, you know, are cops mindless robots? Are soldiers mindless robots? Who knows? But some of them. Some. Not some all. are. <laughs> but the same with the cops, too. You know, if, if it was a priority for you, you would vet them in a way that, mm. and you would make the job valuable, too. Yeah. Like, many cops are out there getting paid garbage, like, Mm-hmm. Just jump, and they they literally are risking their lives. Yeah. So they, here's the thing I, I tell this sometimes, and usually to cops. But did you watch the Netflix uh, the Waco, yeah thing? Did you watch that? Yeah. There was a scene in the in the show, right? Now who knows if this conversation really took place in real life, but there was a scene in the show where the the uh, hostage negotiator dude mm-hmm. was sitting at a picnic table with the head SWAT dude. Mm-hmm. Or DA dude or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they were at odds, right? The negotiator was like, let's just negotiate. Let's mm-hmm. just, we can. And the other guy, so the other guy said this. He goes, and I'm going to use an arbitrary number, but he goes, 7,000. And the guy's like, well, wait a minute. He's like, 7,000 to one. For every one of us, there's 7,000 of them. And he was talking about citizens. I was like, that, that, that line in that movie mm-hmm. was the defining moment mm. right there for me. That yeah. guy, at least the character in the show, mm-hmm. looked at citizens as the enemy. Yep. And he portrayed that good. Now, whether or not that's really how it was, I don't know. But the way he portrayed it, that's the way I see some cops out there that are like that. Yeah. And one of the famous lines is, hey, if it's... I'm going home to my wife and kids, or he's, I'm going to go home. Well, I, I get that. Um, and, and, and every situation can't be de-escalated. True. But I've seen plenty of cops out there that just throw fuel on the, on the fucking fire, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen them. You know, and I, and I know guys like that. I told you, I still train cops. I want them to be trained. Mm-hmm. If, if a cop shows up to my... And I, I half-jokingly tell cops this, too, because I usually train SWAT guys. If you come out to my house, you better be right, buddy. Because the first four dudes are they're getting it. Whatever happens after that, I don't know, but the first four dudes are going to get it. And they're like, ah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. You better take it seriously. <laughs> no, I love these guys. They're out there doing a thankless job. Um, you know... You just you just can't assume that the, the, the city government or the county government or the state government you just can't assume that they're operating in a uh, what's the word I'm looking for benevolent not benevolent uh, and and without mal- malicious intent like right yeah you can't assume that now yeah. agreed you want to mm-hmm. but you can't because you've seen so many yep. city councilors. Go down for you know, and trying to embezzle money out of, the, or or whatever, or having uh, you know, pedophilia, mm-hmm. whatever. You so 
the same problems I see with with the government as a big as a big entity. So I, I I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus and all that stuff, and I go to church and all that. But I have the same fundamental problem with organized religion. Right? <laughs> yeah. Same fundamental problem. Yep. And the problem here is with religion and with the state. I'm just going to from now on keep just say the state, right? Love it. I don't mean state government necessarily. Mm-hmm. Federal government, the state. Mm-hmm. Um, is normal humans got a tendency to judge the, the representative as opposed to the mm. institution. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, the doctrine of Jesus is, is good stuff. I'm mm-hmm. all over it. I love it. Agreed. But then I look at the, the Jewish laws from the Old Testament. Mm. Did God say that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not blaspheming the Bible here or anything like that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Man-made laws are, are, are flawed, man. Um, and then you look at the you look at the state in the same or oh, let's go back to religion. Back in the eighties there was uh, Jim and Tammy Baker. Do you remember those? They were televangelists, yes. and they were awful. Um, <laughs> I think they just did, made a movie about Tammy. Maybe, yeah. maybe so. But people like to cast the entire weight of the of the Christian faith on on these assholes. Mm-hmm. Someone like Joel Osteen. Oh yeah, Joel. Yeah. Yep. People want to say, "Oh, see, there you go. That's why I'm not a Christian." Yep. But with politicians. Look at Hunter Hunter Biden out there right now. Are you kidding me, dude? And getting full cover from Daddio. Mm-hmm. But people, for some reason, they're not <laughs> like. There's the state right there. Yep. They're going. No, no. They're, nah. yeah, yep. They're just. Nah, it's it's bizarre how people. The state is the new religion, bud. Mm. It is. Yeah. Um, they're zealots. They're mm. zealots on both sides. Yes. Who are? There ought to be a law. That's my favorite <laughs> quote to boot stomp when somebody says it. And when somebody I know and like says, oh man, there ought to be a law against this. I go, so what you're saying is <laughs> you want a SWAT team to show up, snatch this dude out of his house in front of his kids and wife. And like, oh, well, no, it's not what I'm like, Yeah, there yeah, ought not be a law. You shouldn't say that phrase yeah. in front of a libertarian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so get your ears stopped the, off. The, the state is the new religion. It's not new. It's been it's it's what's, but it's more predominant it's, now. It's I'd more say, predominant. More people are involved. Yeah. Social media, media in general. Of, yep. Yep. The interwebs, buddy. They got yep. the information travels fast and furious. Mm-hmm. And how many people out there do not vet their info? Ninety-nine point nine. Yeah. Like uh, everybody, nobody vets. Even I don't vet it sometimes. Sometimes I, I don't. I, yep. I try to as much as I can. I gather a a little uh, group of trusted sources. Yeah. And I try not to be in a bowl. I got some like on uh, Facebook or Instagram or something, I follow a couple of like borderline communist yeah, I pages yeah, just to see what the hell's going on. Yep. You know, like, just, I, I like to know people's to mindsets how bizarre. Uh-huh. And then, you know, and I follow some, um, some very liberal, and I, I wouldn't say, oh, that quote, here's the quote I wanted to drop on here. Yeah, please. Yeah. Drop a quote. So this is uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, and he's he's written a lot of books, and, and, and he's kind of a philosopher and all that, and he's a college professor, you know, 
and things like that. And even in scientific research, he kind of believes in the idea of decentralization. He believes versus, let's say, a university-type research department where everything kind of top-down. Mm-hmm. He believes just a massive group of people tinkering around with shit will figure stuff out mm. more efficiently than top-down. Anyway, I am, at the Fed level, libertarian. At the state level, Republican. At the local level, Democrat. And at the family and friends level, a socialist. If saying that doesn't convince you of the fatuousness of the left versus right labels, nothing will. And that is a profound statement. Because he took all these big libertarian, Democrat, Republican, uh, socialist. That's big, right? That's a big one. Mm -hmm. And put them all in, in one human being, one body. Because you can, at the family level, yeah. I'm a friggin' full-blown communist. Yep. <laughs> Everybody cleans up around the house uh-huh. for the common good. And, yep. You know, and, and I would even venture to say communism works in small increments. Huh. But famously, in the, the late 60s and early 70s with all the hippie stuff, right, they all thought they were going to move out into these communes and live in that, that lifestyle. Uh-huh. And what happened? Sexually transmitted diseases. They starved. They and they all end up going back home to mommy and daddy. <laughs> I don't know that any of those survived. There may be a couple of communes out there. Could be. Uh, I doubt any of those from the '60s you know, lasted very long. But it, it was just a, a failure because even and let's. I kind of blame that generation for a lot of things. But let's, uh, <laughs> let's look at it for what it was, right? Um, the hippie movement, there was a lot of fashion stuff going on. It was mm-hmm. all, you know, this and that. A lot of drug use. Mm-hmm. It was built around drug use. Some of the best rock and roll ever to exist. Very true. Came out of time frame. But they were teenagers. And like all teenagers, they're full of shit. Right? Like, you're learning your your stuff. Somebody once said, I don't know who who said this quote, somebody once said, if if you're not a liberal as a teenager, you're heartless, and if you're not a conservative as an adult, you're stupid. It takes time to develop um, a lot of, you know, things. But these teenagers, uh, based off love and Mm -hmm. being high, decided Mm -hmm. they wanted to go live a different lifestyle. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, and it just didn't last. And now they're all in Congress and whatnot. But, um, <laughs> it didn't last. It was it was a feeling. It was a feeling oriented movement. Yeah. It wasn't. There was no logic involved in anything that goes on. Correct. Yeah. Everybody hated Nixon. Okay. Great. We got behind that. They got behind hating Nixon mm-hmm. over something like what nine seconds of missing audio tape. Yep. Uh, Yep. And the Vietnam War made everything shitty. Because, you know, yeah. Everybody got against that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so anyway, uh, the state yeah. is not the answer, and that's what became. Yeah. And it was. It's always been. Uh, I got, <laughs> I've got a Whiskey Rebellion flag up in my classroom. Okay. And every, every time I have a class, I'll say, all right, you guys get extra points here. So anybody can t-. Nobody knows what it is. 
I don't know what it is. You don't know what the Whiskey Rebellion is? I don't know what the Whiskey Rebellion is. Oh, man. The newly declared United States of America, fresh out of a Revolutionary War mm -hmm. with Great Britain, they defeated a vastly superior army. Yep. The very first act of taxation from the U.S. government, our Lord and Savior George Washington, there was some boys, and I want to say this was in Pennsylvania, they, they were making their own whiskey and beer, and Washington, they needed, they needed to fund the army that wasn't meant to be a standing army, by the way. Nope. The Navy was always meant to exist and be there. The army, however, was not. Mm. But they needed to fund. So they were like, look, we got we to gotta lay some taxes. So about 250 or so of these moonshiners, mm -hmm. they're like, nah. <laughs> what did we just fight a war for? <laughs> we fought a war because we were being taxed. Yeah. Taxation without representation. There's a tiny like, tax on the Who's team. representing this? No, yeah. we're, you're not taxing our shit. And they, <laughs> and they went in by force. And, they, yeah. So the rebellion was put down immediately. Yeah. But the Whiskey Rebellion, yeah. That was the first act of, uh, of taxation from our newly formed government. So the rebellion didn't work at all. Setting a bad precedent. Wow. And man, I that, say, was, that was a quick turnaround. But, oh, yeah. I, I want to, man, what year was it? <laughs> it, it's one of my favorites because it was like look yeah George White our founding fathers were heroes man whether or not they had slaves and all I get it I understand mm -hmm. um, people were taking all the critical context and thinking out of out of that of course they did have slaves that was the way of the the way of the world at the time mm -hmm. but they were every country had slaves at that the, time yeah they were brilliant guys and uh but even for this, like they were like, oh yeah, I guess we got tax. <laughs> no man, <laughs> like that that 1794 was when that was. <laughs> 1794, man. <laughs> what like ten years later after the? <coughs> that's insane. <laughs> 1794. Man, that did not take very long at all. Let's go tax these dudes. They're they're, they're doing too good up there, brewing their own <laughs> brewing their own booze. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Whiskey Rebellion, I, man. I've never learned yeah. about that. Uh, and these are little bits of peace. I never learned about it either. I doubt anybody in any uh, educational <laughs> organization does learn about it. No. I mean, what we were told was uh, we, were, we rebelled over taxes on tea. Yeah. And then in, you know, later on in your, in your education, you never question why you right, have to yeah. pay taxes. Uh, what you, yeah. I know. <laughs> right. It's like, there's, where's the disconnect yeah. there? Like <laughs> people used to say this all the time. The only thing certain in life are death and taxes. Yep. Yeah. But death yeah. is certain. Yeah. Taxes. Like I'm a Ron Paul fan. Oh, me too. A buddy of mine, you know, maybe 15 years ago, turned me on to Ron Paul. Mm -hmm. And I just started, you know, doing my own reading. I was like, Abolish the IRS. Yes. I'm all about abolishing like most of the uh -huh. federal government though. Yeah. Especially the, the ones that control the money. Especially the ones that control the money. Um, all these frigging law enforcement slash executive branch agencies. Mm. Now some the people are going to come out of the woodwork and hate on me. 
Uh, I'm not a fan of the CIA. Um, since its <coughs> since its birth in 1952, uh, almost everything that's gone wrong in a sort of a conflict war capacity mm-hmm. can, in some way or another, be be traced back to uh, some bizarro CIA plan. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Which also no one knows about any of that in general. Yeah, but as stuff gets declassified, mm-hmm. you know, people, conspiracy theorists used to talk about MK Ultra. Yeah. That, no, there's yeah. no conspiracy there anymore. It's no. Declassified. <laughs> it existed. Yeah. But nobody goes, oh, see, shit, we need to, no, they're just like, ah, that's back, no, that was back then. Yeah. We need to see it. Do we need to see it? <clears throat> we need a foreign intelligence agency. I agree. Because mm. there are people out in the world who want us dead for mm. whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> and this is where people are going to come out of the woodwork on me. And I welcome healthy debate. Uh, I think intelligence, I, it should fall under the Department of Defense, in my opinion. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean the budget's going to be severely, they'll, they'll just move the money from. Right. <laughs> but <clears throat> I think streamlining all these agencies, like, you know, DEA, mm-hmm. uh, FBI, and CIA, those are the big ones people big know ones. about. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, customs and, and border. Mm-hmm. Uh, tra- you, know, you got all these different things. I don't see why on the earth National Guard can't be border agents. I don't understand why that's a thing, why that isn't a thing. Great question. And and put it on each state, each border state, mm-hmm. or whatever. Now, there's probably a whole lot more nuance to that, but <clears throat> it's money, man. The amount of money that flows through the agencies. And then you look at your average guy, and he's not getting paid that much money. <laughs> so you're like, where's all this money going? Oh, these systems, and high-tech this, and high-tech that. And uh-huh. Contracts, that's where all the money's going. Yep. It's not even real money anymore. It's, it's fake. No, money. it's bizarre. No, it's it, yeah. It's out there. It's yeah. It's cosmic money. It's ridiculous. Out of thin air. Yep. Yeah. Cosmic money. It's crazy. <clears throat> so I, I think <clears throat> you know, not a perfect world, but these things they need to just start chopping the federal government down. I don't see why these li- liberal governors <clears throat> are so eager to take federal money. Therefore. Be beholden to the federal government. Well, I do see because they're ultimately about the big. That's the end goal for them, I guess. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> if I was a governor of a state, mm-hmm. uh, F no would be the answer for every. <laughs> hey man, do you do you need federal money to? Nope. No yeah. thanks. Beat it. This is why we need Shane Hazel. <clears throat> yeah, man. Tell seriously. Hell yeah. Why? The country was originally meant to be thirteen. Autonomous states. Yep. Almost countries, if you will. The only thing, what is the federal government, what was their original mandate? Like, make, make commerce regular. Yep. Common defense, which at the time was meant to be Navy. Mm-hmm. Uphold your inalienable rights. <clears throat> I believe. And there was something, make regular, uh, uh, Naturalization. Okay. So immigration was an original, like, hey, yeah, when people come, you know, we got to figure out a way to do this. Mm-hmm. They've had that in in the Constitution since day one. They still can't f- 
figured out. <laughs> and that's one of their only real jobs. Yeah. But they just keep kicking it on down the road. Because they keep on taking and, new jobs. And I'm not a, I'm not anti-immigration at all. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I am pro-wall, but in a, in a sense that so many things within our government, government, federal government, depends on the number of humans. Hmm. And if you don't know how many humans there really are, hmm. the whole, the, 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 um, what do you call it? I took a stats class once in college. Okay. And the, um, what's it called? Consensus. Mm-hmm. Bureau or whatever. Oh, the, cen- census. the Census Bureau. Census Bureau. Yeah, the yeah. Census Bureau. <clears throat> when they go out and do their thing, right? Yeah. If there's a, a bad area, for instance, and they're like, well, we're risking, you know, literally getting hurt if we go in this area. Uh-huh. It's okay for them to guesstimate. Our electoral votes are dependent upon how many people are in each district. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's okay to hire a, a seasonal hourly wage dude. Yeah. Who needed a, you know, $11 yeah. an hour gig. Doesn't give a crap about the job. Don't give a, he's just, oh, what am I supposed to do? Okay. Yeah. Go to the house. How many people do you got living here? Fuck off. Boom. Oh, they got a couple cars, probably mom and dad. I will say five. It's it's really that weak. Yeah, no, it's and, absurd. And the number of things that depend on how many people. Yeah, I'm all about immigration. I'm all about free trade. Like I, I buy American, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. But that's because I'm a community oriented guy. Mm. There's some sh- stuff I buy, you know, whatever. I, I still shop with Amazon. Mm. I, I'll admit it. When I need it's hard some, not to. Sometimes. It gets there two days later. <laughs> I'm good. Uh huh. But if you got a good service, you got a good service, man. Yep. You know, I'm I'm not all I'm not a globalist either. I don't, but I'm not an isolationist. So there's more nuance, right? Yes. <laughs> than people give, give you credit for, and so if you're a left or a right guy, you don't get any nuance. No. You're not allowed to be nuanced. You're one thing or the other. And people can't wrap their. Noam Chomsky, mm-hmm. you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has said one or two brilliant things in his time and then like a whole bunch of dumb shit. That's true. <laughs> and he has a very negative opinion of libertarianism. Yes. Uh, it is. Um, <clears throat> it, it would do, it, does, it, does libertarianism rely on, on individual selfishness? It, it, no. Uh, like my best interest is always in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a couple of people I would put ahead of myself as far as mm-hmm. physical safety goes. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's not true. Right. But self-interest. We, we all act out of self-interest in some way or another. Yeah, everybody. But <clears throat> I said this in an interview. I did an interview on like a local Atlanta local thing. <clears throat> the best way for people to be their best selves, well, b- being selfish and acting in your own self-interest helps you to be the best you. Mm-hmm. By being the best you, you are therefore being the best you can for the collective. Mm-hmm. I don't see how that doesn't make sense to these these uh, socialist types. 
because everybody's a victim. There's victims and then there's oppressors. That's the way socialists and communists look at it. Yeah. Whereas we look at it as authoritarians or libertarians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, free or enslaved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they don't want to look at you're either f free or enslaved. They want to look at it like, well, you're a victim of the... So we gotta we gotta do things for you. No, don't do anything for me, man. Don't do me any favors. I'll take care of myself. You take care of yourself. Yeah. And then we'll go shoot on the people who are victimized the, the most get the most priority too. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I don't disagree that there's there has been and and there lingers a bunch of uh, institutional problems, racism or cronyism and all that stuff. Oh yeah. <clears throat> But you can't make policy based on it. You can weed it out, mm -hmm. uh, but you can't make policy based on it. Right. Because once you do weed it out, now you got these dumbass policies mm -hmm. that are no longer really relevant. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I remember in the 70s and early 80s, um, there was a there was big uh, affirmative action type stuff. Mm-hmm. For hiring minorities and all this and that, the amount of friction that caused <laughs> it, it disregarded the whole program because yeah. it created everything was meant to ease. It just created more of, oh, which is exactly what the government does. Yep, they just create problems based on their own uh, f ups. You know, they, they mess something up. They yeah, it's, it's the one size fits all thing, yeah. and you you can't do that with three hundred million can't. people. You have to be nuanced, and you have to be able to look at everything on an individual case-by-case -case basis. Yeah. That takes time. Yeah. I, guess what? Congress has nothing but time. I, I'm a clean bill guy. I believe there should only be one bill at a time. I, I and if there's agree. peripherals, then you make another a separate bill uh -huh. um, that gets voted on Yeah. separately. Quit tacking on crap to all, other crap. All that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm all about the... The Edgar Mills Clean Bill Act of 2022. Uh, I think it should happen, man. I'm all about term limits. So, you know, that's a no-brainer. Like, yes, 100%. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. I might, I might even be about age limits. Possibly. Oh, man. I don't want to be ageist or not. I was <laughs> I kind of bust on uh, ageists. Um, before I retired, I was sitting in a uh, Secret Service brief, like a recruiting brief. Okay. I was already in my 40s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those dudes, not even with a waiver. You, you, if you're over 30, you're like six. They want nothing to do with you. <laughs> what the fuck? Man? I didn't want to go be a Secret Service man. I was, I was in there with a buddy, but mm -hmm. I was like, well, what if I can still do the job, bro? I mean, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we need young, young guys. Well, they want you in it for the next 20 years. That's right. And they got old, old guys there, but they've been in since they were young right. or whatever. But, yeah, that makes sense. Ages. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think a good argument for that, you know, Joe Biden's definitely showing signs of, of, of degraded, uh, yeah. you know, mental acuity, man. Uh -huh. like he's, he, you know, yeah, it's a whatever problem. you want to say, he's being propped up, clearly. Yeah. And when he's reading the prompt and all that stuff, it's just, it just makes it worse and worse. I, it's yeah. not even funny. It's funny, but like, it's sad. If it's I didn't dislike him so much, I would feel sorry for him. It is yeah. sad. Yeah. It is sad because there are people, you know, I've, my grandma used to work at old folks' home. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, I see all these old people that just, 
when they're gone mentally, it's mm-hmm. that is a sad state. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not in a sad state yet because he's living the luxurious life. But if you sat down one on one, it would probably be pretty, oh, pretty sad. Yeah, I mean, he, he can't even read a teleprompter yeah. character. Yeah, probably be pretty sad. That's the problem. <clears throat> Let's bring it back to, uh, let's kind of wrap it up here. Um, I was told that Libertarian Party of Georgia is going to have an event at your place. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've been told to uh, oh, man. promote it heavily. Okay. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe I let that completely slip by. Yes. Libertarian Party of Georgia, Georgia is coming out to Osprey Shooting Solutions on, I'll tell you here in one sec. I believe it's July 23rd. Is it? Yeah, because I'm in Mexico. Right. 23rd. <laughs> <clears throat> and yeah. what this is going to be, let's see. Just want to confirm. Yep. Yeah. 23 July Sweet. from 4 p.m. Uh, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And we're doing it later in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So it's not hot as Hades outside. <laughs> Yes. Like, because, and it's still pretty, there's plenty of sun still, <laughs> but it's already kind of over the, yeah. so we'll be in the shade a little bit, but <clears throat> uh, we're going to do it a little later for that. It's 50 bucks, and we're going to do <clears throat> a little, you know, a little political banter, some intros Sweet. in the classroom, you know, just see, get a little feel for where people are at on, mm-hmm. on guns and, and whatnot. Um then we're going to go out and I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do some different <clears throat> blocks of instruction just for short periods of time. So I'm going to do, we're going to, well, fundamentals first, obviously. <clears throat> Everybody will get to shoot um, and then we'll do probably some tasks, maybe from the draw or, or maybe something that's a little bit more spicy mm-hmm. if, if people are showing an aptitude. And, excuse me, if we have... A lot of people that are doing really well, then we might do a stage, like an action stage, where okay. there's some, you know, a little shooting and moving, mm-hmm. or maybe a mag change or something. Cool. You know, see what, what's happening? Yeah. And, and I always emphasize a lot of real life, you know, everyday carry sort of, like, if, if we're doing a stage, I'll be like, yep, this is it, but imagine real life now. Mm. Uh, you, you need to be moving to cover. You need to be thinking about... You know, are you looking at the fore, you know, the foreground and the background? Mm-hmm. It's really easy to get sucked into a target mm. and you shoot it up, but <clears throat> the range is kind of a, it's good and bad because you get into the habits that you build on the range. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. Yeah. And they're nothing like real life. Yeah. And it's so hard to replicate real life. So, yeah. Yeah. But you gotta learn how to shoot, though. I mean, the fundamentals of, of putting bullet on target is, mm-hmm. yeah, it's universal. No matter what, you still gotta nice. put bullet on target. Yeah. But yeah, that's gonna be a good time, man. And I don't know, you know, it depends on where people are coming from. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe we'll go have a Guinness after. Heck yeah! But, uh, yeah. You a Guinness guy? Yeah. yeah. That's all I drink. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna offer uh, you one before we sat down, there, but I forgot. There's a hashtag out there that I've I started. <laughs> Murphy's is better than Guinness. What? You, you can never find Murphy's around here, man. I've had Murphy's. It's, it's not better. around here, though. It's better. 
I disagree heavily. <laughs> but yeah, I generally drink Guinness because that's what people, that's the Irish stout that everybody has. Oh, that's my all-time favorite. I mean, it's, it's, it tastes way better in Ireland, but it's great yeah. here too. Yeah. Yeah. I spent a little bit of time in Northern Ireland. Yeah? It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, love, I, I got a buddy that lives up there in Bangor, Maine, or Bangor, Bangor Ireland. Bangor, nice. outside of Belfast. Okay. Yep. Nice. Yep. Good yeah. buddy. I wrote a script about uh, the Troubles and everything yeah. that happened during that time. So my buddy mm -hmm. took me around to some some of the famous spots, man. Okay. And he was a uh, special branch dude. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he shot. He had he got into a, a, a thing with a, a, yeah. a famous terrorist, and uh, he showed me where where it all went down and everything. Which one? Man. I'm not gonna name names. Okay, <laughs> I, it's very uneasy over there all the time. Like even when it's not going on, it's, it's still going on. Uh, oh yeah. But here's something uh, I didn't. I, there are neighborhoods up there in Northern Ireland, mm. in Belfast. I mean, mm -hmm. like if the curb is painted a certain color, mm -hmm. it's like gang stuff. Yep. And you will get effed up. Yep. If you're if you're around there and you're not of that. And like you go two blocks over, different color on the curb. And, mm -hmm. Oh man! And the police precincts around there—they look like little, little fortresses, man. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Dude. They're like fortresses. The town was nuts. Yeah, it, it, it got real. We we, uh, we took a ferry over from Scotland yeah. to to Belfast, right. and man, it got real weird. Like at night, it was kind of eerie yeah. in certain yeah, spots. Yeah. And yeah, the police stations were fortresses. It Madness. was really crazy. It's it's a it's cool. cool we were like told not to say certain words yeah. while we were there. Yeah, yeah. Man, it was. Now my buddy, and he was like, yeah, no. no. It's, <laughs> it's an interesting place. That was it an is. interesting time. That that whole that whole conflict. And yeah. It's crazy. That it's it, sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I say the same thing about the American Civil War. You can conceptualize being an enemy. Now I'm not a Muslim hater uh, at all. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to my combat terp Jaweed. I love that dude like a brother. We've been in combat together, and yes. he's a he's a hero. Uh, but you can conceptualize being at battle with somebody completely different than you. Mm -hmm. When it's literally your neighbor, or in the American mm -hmm. Civil War, or even in Northern Ireland, your cousin, mm -hmm. it's a whole other level of savagery. It's just it's yeah. horrible. Why? How? How do you get to that point? It's <clears throat> a great question. And, and obviously, well. People say Catholics and Protestants, but mm -hmm. I mean it's it's more political than just Catholics yes. and Protestants. Yeah, um, so they co <clears throat> coexist everywhere else on earth. Right, <laughs> it's way more political than that. Yes, but at some point it just devolves into revenge mm -hmm. because you know that dude killed my, yep. my cousin two years ago, and I'm gonna yeah, it, it'd be revenge on like the the foot soldier civilian level, right. and then it's just that's what it is power. Yeah. Yeah. For the people in charge. And every now and then, my buddy, I'll see some memes with old, uh, uh, old Jerry Adams or somebody that's mm -hmm. cracking on him pretty good. Yeah, Dottie O'Connell. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> those guys. But, you know, I don't want to get blown up or anything, so <laughs> I'll stay out of that one. That's fair. But it was interesting to go see. And, you know, there's still murals and stuff mm -hmm. up there and all that. And, yeah. Like, man, golly. It's a beautiful place, though. Yeah, and I there's love, a lot of... A lot of deep emotion in that, involved in that, even yeah. even to this day. Big time. Yeah, and it is beautiful, man. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. Countryside yeah. there is just uh, magical. Yeah, film a lot of Game of Thrones up there. Yeah. 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 Um, well, Edgar, 
It's been great talking to you, yeah, man. Yeah, it was a good time, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything you want to promote? Anything? Uh... Yeah, no, just the website, OspreyShootingSolutions.com. And from there, you know, you can get to all my socials and stuff like that. But uh, if you want to learn to shoot, come out. It's a drive out to Rome. Yep, it's about 65 miles northwest of Atlanta. Right, that's not so bad. Um, also about 65 miles south of Chattanooga. Okay. Uh, one thing I want to say is, ironically, did you know Chattanooga has the fastest internet in the Western Hemisphere. What? That, no. That's a fact. Who would know that? <laughs> and in Rome, Georgia, not in Rome, I'm outside the city limits. Yeah. I get six megabytes per second. That's why I'm sitting here instead of doing this. Like, <laughs> I got yeah. I was I like, you know you. what? I'll just go to your house, bro. I, I don't even want to deal with it. <laughs> right. Just be a buffer session. Yeah, that's yeah. all it would be, man. Six megabytes per second is what's happening. That's why I'm waiting on Elon that's Musk, That's why man. you're waiting on Starlink. Give me some of that Starlink quick. That makes sense. It's maddening to yeah. try to upload pictures to my website. Oh, Shane, Shane's been trying to get Starlink because mm. uh, the, the whatever internet service provider is up there, was, they don't have a line run to his place. Because that's right. out in the middle of nowhere. That's how it is in my house. Yeah. They were going to charge him, I think, $30,000 to yeah. run a line to his place. <laughs> yeah. at and like, well, you know, we don't really have plans to get anything out there anytime soon, but if you want to... I was like, no, nah, I don't want to just yeah. wait on Elon. Yes, exactly. Come on, buddy. Elon <laughs> Musk, please. Rome, Georgia. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being here, talking yeah. with me. Yeah, thanks for having um, me out, man. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested at all um, in going learning about some firearms and um, how to handle one and how to handle yourself. Yeah. Uh, July 23rd at Osprey Shooting Solutions. Shooting Solutions. I always forget that second word. For and uh, there's a, you can get to that via my website, mm -hmm. but it'll take you to Eventbrite right. where, where they've got it gotcha. uh, loaded up there. So you'll end up paying gotcha. at, at Eventbrite. Nice. Yep. All right. If you have any questions about the Libertarian Party or would like to join um, you can go to lpgeorgia.com. Uh, if you have any comments about the show, email me, podcast at lpgeorgia.com. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Numbers on the board, bro. Sweet. Libertarian numbers on the board. That's where we're at. Heck yeah. we got to get them there. Heck yeah. Mm -hmm.